Today on episode 21 of the Violence Design Lab podcast, we're talking about how to work with older actors who are involved in your fights. I want to give you seven tips to design better fights for this age group and give some suggestions for older actors to become better fighters. Out swords and to work with all. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab podcast, putting the science in theatrical violence. Now here's your host, David Barefoot. Greetings, David here. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just joining the podcast, think of me as your personal violence design coach. I've been staging fights and violence for live theaters since 1992, and I want to use those 25 years of experience to encourage you to enter the world of stage combat, to coach you towards choreographing better fights, and to train you to tackling the challenges of theatrical violence design. By the way, I also want to give a shout out to my listeners in Japan. For whatever reason, you guys are responsible for about 10% of the downloads of this show, so apparently I'm big over there, and I really appreciate your support. Today, I want to talk about something I never learned in a stage combat workshop or a college theater class. In fact, it took over 20 years for me to really understand it. What is this mystery topic? Working with fighters who are middle-aged or older. Now that I'm a few months shy of 50, I have a whole different perspective on this issue compared to when I was 20. So, pull up a chair, whippersnapper, let me tell you a story. Not long ago, I was designing for a small local theater. The actors doing the violence were community folks who had some stage experience, but they wouldn't consider themselves professional actors, and I think only one of them had any stage combat training, and that was a couple of decades ago. So for the fight scene, I had purposely designed a struggle that was quite simple in terms of technique. You gotta work with what you got. At one point, I was working with an actor named Dan, who is about my age and height with perhaps a few more inches around the middle. Dan's character gets hit in the face and knocked down, so I planned for him to take the hit reaction into a side fall. I described the moment, then I demonstrated the fall, and, and Dan's eyes got real big. Oh, I don't think I can do that, he said. I said, well, sure you can. Let me show you again. Step out to the side, get low to the ground, send your arm along the floor to... No, 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 he said. I mean, I don't think I can bend my leg enough to get that close to the floor. Oh, I said, you you have an old knee injury or something? No, Dan said, I'm just not as flexible as you are. Now, I'd never even pictured a side fall as requiring any special flexibility. It's It's gravity, not acrobatics. Now, I realized Dan was middle-aged, but by anybody's standards, so am I, or more. I mean, I'm in decent shape, but I'm certainly no gymnast or dancer, and compared to the fighter I was 15 years ago, I'm, I'm slower, way less flexible, and probably not as strong. But here's the lesson I learned. Middle-aged fight people are very different from middle-aged regular people. The reality is that people who regularly engage in physical activities that require strength, flexibility, and coordination, like stage combat or martial arts or dance, they, they can do more with their bodies than people who don't do such things. Literally, move it or lose it. When we're young, the difference between those who move and those who don't isn't all that noticeable unless there are, are obvious issues with injury, obesity, or health or mobility challenges. Over time, though, people who don't practice moving their bodies quickly and precisely begin to lose the ability to do so. So as we get older, 
the difference between the movers and non-movers in terms of physical capability becomes much more pronounced, even if basic body types are similar. Now, back when I was 22 and just starting to choreograph fights, I basically plotted out every fight using the capability of my own body as my reference point. After all, it's the only body I can remember having, so it seemed like everybody else's should work about the same, right? Yeah, I had a lot of half-baked ideas when I was a kid. So, I wanted to give you a few tips or observations that I find helpful when dealing with older actors. Now, obviously, everyone is different, so don't expect every tip to apply to every middle-aged actor you encounter, but it's good to keep some of these things in the back of your mind when you design or work with older fighters. Number one, expect them to have some past injuries or sore spots. Life is a contact sport, and sometimes it gets rough. I mean, I know plenty of 20-somethings with chronic injuries, and 40 or 50-somethings have had twice the chances to acquire some. Now, the good news is that older folks tend to have somewhat higher pain threshold. They've, They've worked and played through nagging pain long enough that minor aches just basically get ignored. But the bad news is they have a high pain threshold. They often won't tell you something hurts until it gets really bad and they get injured. So watch out for that. Number two, remind them what their character is really doing. One thing I found helpful is to give older actors a chance to remember, or even experience for the first time, some of the tactile sensation of what their character is doing in the fight. If they're throwing punches, have them put on, put on some focus mitts and let them take a few real shots into the pads. Sword fighting? Well, a pell or a lunging target is a great training tool. As we go through life, we get more and more experience at doing a thing, getting physical feedback for not doing it quite right, and altering our next attempt slightly. So giving them a, a recent tactile memory of what it's like to hit something seems to resonate with older actors even more than young ones. Also, older actors who fight may not have thrown a punch for real in a very long time and may only have a dim memory of what it was like to do so. Throwing an actual punch into a safe target like a focus mitt or a a bag that, that you have allows them to physically remember that sensation and then be able to more accurately recreate it for the stage combat illusion you're trying to do. Tip number three, expect them to be hesitant to go to the ground. This was my problem with Dan. Now, while you or I will do dive rolls just for fun or throw a front layout on a wooden deck without a thought, regular people become more fearful of falling as they age. Well, often this fear is based on bad experiences with painful falls in the past. I mean, for most people, an unexpected fall is a dangerous event since the average person isn't trained to fall safely and they're more likely to suffer a lasting injury because of increasingly less flexible muscles and thinning bones. Yeah, your bones get thinner. That's a thing. Sucks, don't it? Anyway... Make sure to really teach fall techniques solidly and correctly, since older actors who are willing to fall often don't have the same flexibility you do, and therefore don't get low enough to lessen the impact. So, they tend to hurl themselves at the ground, and thereby reinforce their notion that falls are dangerous and will hurt them. This is why I like to provide pads, knee pads, elbow pads, even, shall we say, butt pads, if necessary, to help cushion the fall. What is then not 
taken up with the flexibility of the body to get close to the ground can be somewhat mitigated by padding the impact zones. Number four, fast fluid movement may be challenging. Yeah, muscle tension is a chronic problem for many people who who haven't spent years moving or fighting. The actor may translate your efficient, fluid, and power-driven actions into these jerky staccato bursts. I've seen it over and over again. So work with them on developing good structure and keep them moving slowly long enough that they can work smoothly without changing the tempo. Older actors tend to think they understand the technique, and then jump right away into doing it fast, even more so than kids or young actors will do. So once you get them to be able to run the choreography in slow motion, or or Tai Chi speed as I sometimes call it, and they can do it without adding speed bursts, then tell them to increase the overall tempo just a hair. I, I promise you, if you use the words go faster or speed up, Yeah, be prepared for them to tense up and move like robots in a strobe light. Uh, Remember, you're not only making them use their muscles in unfamiliar ways, but when you add speed, you're also tasking their brains to assimilate and interpret spatial information at a much higher rate than they normally need to in their daily lives. Number five, don't expect blistering speed. I, I know plenty of marathon runners my age or older But I don't know a single 45-year-old sprinter who can compete at any serious level with the 25-year-olds. That that regular Joe 50-year-old, he's not going to look like Jet Li in your martial arts routine, even with six months of rehearsal. But realistic violence does happen suddenly, so some level of speed is required. Focus on economy of motion, anticipation of the opponent's attacks, and eliminating the pauses between moves. Quickness comes through efficiency and power generation, but not hand speed. I'll talk about that later when I give some tips on how to make older actors into better fighters. Tip number six for working with older fighters is work on good hit reactions. Poor hit reactions are another byproduct of excessive muscle tension and choppy movement, especially head hits. Head hits are especially susceptible to this, since a tight neck can either make a punch reaction look contrived and stiff or, or actually risk straining muscles. So make sure the actor warms up and does some exercises that work the affected area, like the head especially and neck, through that full range of motion required by the reaction. Again, start quite slowly and only gradually build up speed. So you have to work these hit reactions because their bodies will not be necessarily as bouncy or or have as much snap, if you will, as uh, younger bodies tend to. Now, the plus side to hit reactions is that most older actors understand pain far more intimately than younger people. So once the mechanics of a hit reaction are worked out, you'll often get a more convincing portrayal of injury and pain for the older demographic. They are also less likely to give you the superhero uh, pain response, where a hit strikes them, snaps their head, and half a second later, they feel no pain and on they go. They tend to remember what those things would feel like and be able to visualize them because they've had experiences that have taught them what getting hit in the head is. And so they tend to keep uh, wounds, I find, better than younger actors. So that's a plus. 
My last tip, number seven, is give them a leg up remembering choreography. Because just as muscles stiffen with age, yet the mind can do the same. It, it frankly just takes a little longer for older actors to internalize your choreography. So one huge help that I've found is to clearly spell out their character's plan during the fight. Now, you, you do choreograph plans and not just moves, right? You, the logical through line of a character and what they're trying to do can help anyone remember choreography better, but I find myself leaning on it more and more as I get older. See, once I firmly grasp what my plan is and what I'm trying to do, it's easy to remember the specifics of choreography because all choreography is, at the end of the day, is my plan smashing up against your plan. So I understand that if I'm trying to punch you in the face and you block it, okay, we have choreography. I can understand that. It helps me remember choreography because I'm remembering what I'm trying to do. So I want to give a few tips on how to help older actors fight well. This is becoming more and more useful in my own life as I am fighting and uh, getting older. So first of all, stretch often. Even if you don't work out, stretch regularly to maintain or increase flexibility. Yes, you can still increase your flexibility. It's not a lock. You're not uh, at a point of no return, I promise you. If you do yoga, that's a huge bonus. Do things that will stretch your, your muscles, lengthen them, and give you a little bit more flexibility. Even walking doesn't tend to do this uh, as much as you think. Yes, it warms up your muscles a bit, but what really helps is practicing whole body movements. Walking, for example, uses only a limited muscle set. Uh, you can walk and just use some hip muscles and a little bit of your calves and feet, but you're not getting the, the full bends of your knees all the way down. You're not engaging your core. And we need to do things that engage your whole body. I find kettlebell exercises to be great. You can use a single kettlebell and do a wide range of exercises that are both weight-bearing and also asymmetrical, which means the weight is on one side of your body rather than on uh, both sides of your body. And that helps because all those engage your core and they really strengthen the entire body at once rather than just a very narrow set of muscles. Uh, other things that work, chopping firewood, CrossFit training, I know that sounds weird for older actors. You're like, I'm 50 years old. I'm going to go do CrossFit. That's a that's a young guy's game. But even doing some of those motions uh, in a CrossFit gym, I think, helps you more as a fighter than simply, you know, walking a treadmill or doing bench presses or something like that. When it comes to speed, it's funny because students often comment that my fights are fast, but frankly, it's an illusion. The younger students, they have faster hands than I do. But what I have is efficiency. So when you're working with older fighters, you need to focus on economy of motion. That parry needs to take the blade just outside the body. 
he doesn't want to be a foot away from from your arm. There's nothing to protect out there. Now, this is just good fight technique. But when you show older actors that they can be faster by not moving as much, that's a bonus. Also, because of stage combat, we get to anticipate our opponent's moves much more readily than people who are doing competition bouts for HEMA or or competitive fencing, for example. We know what the opponent's going to do, which means the instant they give an inkling of, of starting that move, we can already be reacting and and working to the parry or preparing for the hit reaction or, or whatever because we know it's coming. So we don't have to rely on sheer hand speed as much as, uh, as you might think, and that will make you your fights look faster. The interesting thing about efficiency and economy of motion is that this is a great way to design for older characters who fight. And that's whether or not the actors portraying them are, are regular older folks or, or well-seasoned fighter. When you have a, an older actor playing a fighting character, this, this happens a lot in Shakespeare, where your powerful lords that are in that history play, who are on the battlefield, you might have an actor who's 55 years old or, you know, or older, playing the role because they're a fine actor and they look very adult and they carry it off well. So when you're designing for the older fighter, you have to remember there are reasons that a fighting character would have survived to that age. I like to portray older fighters as less susceptible to feints or intimidation and knowing how to generate power very efficiently. Another tactic I like to design into the fighting style of an older character is leverage and structure. In other words, they stand and move in ways that are very supported by their skeletal system and are strongly based, and they use leverage rather than raw physical strength, as a younger fighter might do to to bull uh, his way through an opponent's defenses. Those are some of the ways that I like to show the reasons why this older character is still fighting and is still a successful fighter on the battlefield. This is something that you need to address in your designs. The audience will only see the character that is played by that actor. So if you design a regular fight for a 20-something all based on speed and power, and your middle-aged actor can't deliver that, the audience is going to see a pretty fake-looking fight. They're going to see someone who looks like he's doing stage combat and is not that good at it anymore. Instead, use the the idea of that middle-aged character. Use tricks like leverage and structure and guile to show that there are character reasons why this person is still fighting well into their 50s. So there you go, my tips on working with older fighters. If you found this podcast useful, please let others know about it. Share it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or honest-to-God face-to-face interaction. And then head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show and leave a review on the podcast page. I'd really appreciate it. 
If you want to go the extra mile to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash violence design lab and pledge a few dollars a month or a one-time donation to keep the show going. Each level of support has its rewards, including transcripts of the regular episodes and full uncut video footage of my interview episodes. See, this podcast is entirely supported by the generosity of you, the listeners. You'll notice there's no ads or corporate sponsorship. So thanks in advance for your support. And again, for my Japanese listeners, welcome. If you have a moment, please drop me a comment on the Facebook page or email or any other way you'd like to contact me. And let me know how you heard about it and uh, what you do over in Japan that makes this useful to your life. So until next week, keep the fights on stage and peace in your life. David, out. Thanks for listening to the Violence Design Lab podcast. For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com.